0: To episode 126 of nothing to say the bands podcast apologies in advance for my nasally tone I, I have bad allergies and it's just been uh it's just been a rough week so when it came to allergies and I forgot to take my Zyrtec today. So I am oh. fighting I am fighting an uphill battle. Um Sam, how was your week?
1: It sounds like it was better than yours. Uh just a couple 3 a.m shifts and
0: I was gonna say I didn't have to get up at three
1: and last night was tough. I could I couldn't fall asleep until eleven. And when you know that you're waking up at that two o'clock range, you're just in you're just in tough deep water at that point. <laughs> and then you think I mean, about it more and more.
0: Yeah, I've had to do that for the military, and I feel like you're almost in a state of panic to get sleep. Like mm-hmm. you're almost worried that you're you're like worry yourself that you're not going to get enough sleep, and therefore you end up you know staying awake longer than you know maybe you would on the night one or not falling asleep as quickly as you would if you had nothing going on the next morning
1: yeah it's because that anxiety just keeps you up longer and longer and you know that it's important that you go to sleep early it just doesn't work out it's tough but i got through it it's all good
0: yeah um before we get started one of the things that i wanted to do was read a stat about tom brady now we know that tom brady is the greatest of all time but sometimes his longevity it's hard to kind of perceive so let me just read you what they posted so on february 3rd 2002 tom brady won his first ring right next year on april 26 2003 troy palomalo was drafted Brady won a Super Bowl the year before Troy was drafted, right? So Palomalo's career was from 2003 to 2014. That was his career. And then he retired in 2015. So he was drafted in 2003 and he retired in 2015. From 2015, after Troy retired, to 2019, Brady won three more rings with the Patriots. Troy then got inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2020. And then the year after that, Brady won his seventh ring. So not only did Brady win a ring before Troy was drafted, he won a ring after he was inducted into the Hall of Fame. And that for me when I was reading that stat just kind of blew my mind and really put into perspective how freaking long Tom Brady has been playing
1: and they just dunked on Tripolano's career
0: I mean um, Troy had a great career but I mean it's just it's one of those things where it just puts into perspective how crazy this run has been for Brady
2: well, we,
1: we've been knowing that Jason
0: yeah so and it's a, that, it's still going, oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> and who's there's there's no good reason why you wouldn't say that he couldn't win another one he hasn't shown any sign that there's a reason to believe that that isn't possible, so all right, so last little bit from the NFL Bobby Wagner, the stud linebacker that you all know from the Seattle Seahawks, has signed with the Los Angeles Rams. I'm pulling up the contract details at the moment. I don't know where the Rams are getting all of this money. But he signed a five-year, $50 million deal with the Rams. So now on the defensive side of the ball, they have somebody at every level. They have Aaron Donald, they have Bobby Wagner, and they have Jalen Ramsey. And there you go. So I guess maybe losing Vaughn Miller wasn't the biggest hit in the world.
1: Yeah, I think they, they upgraded at that with that replacement. I think Bobby Wagner right now is still playing at a higher level than Vaughn Miller is. He was all pro last year, two years ago. Okay. He's second team all pro last year, right? He's still one of the best middle linebackers in the game right now.
0: So I know that all the attention has really been focused on you know, Rodgers and Devontae and Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson and Tyreek Hill, those names. But if we look quietly at L.A., I mean, they added Allen Robinson mm-hmm. and Bobby Wagner. Those are two big, big names they added on both sides, both sides of the wall to a team that just won the Super Bowl. I mean, right mm-hmm. now with those additions, is it safe to say that the Rams are definitely the best team in the NFC?
1: Yeah, I think easily with Green Bay losing key pieces, Tampa Bay losing key pieces and losing Bruce Arians, uh, the Niners being a little shaky at quarterback. I think it's easily the Rams conference to win.
0: I agree. I 100% agree. That addition, especially one domino that hasn't fallen yet is the OBJ thing. So it'll be interesting to see if they keep him. I don't know. If they necessarily need to, but if they can find a way, that would be, that would be huge. I mean, their wide receiver core would be something the likes of which the NFL has maybe never seen.
1: Yeah. Who knows if he wants to go to that position, because he'd probably fall into that third receiver range in the pecking order. And who knows if you'd really want to do that. Maybe that's the perfect situation for him coming off of an ACL tear to really, find himself again in that offense and really put himself in position for big money next year. Uh, but the Rams might be a little I think they're pretty strapped for cash at this point. I didn't know they had this move in them.
0: Well, don't forget Robert Woods too.
1: He's I mean, out. He, he's, uh, is he's, he a, gonna be, he's in Tennessee.
0: Oh, that's right. That's right. I'm right. sorry. You're good. Yeah, he moved to he moved to Tennessee. That's right. But even so even so, having Cooper Cuff and Allen Robinson, if they were somehow able to keep OBJ, I mean, that wide receiver... If OBJ comes back and is a serviceable wide receiver in that sense after his injury, which let's hope he is, um, that those three, that is a scary trio of wide receivers. Like, very, very scary.
1: They still have a little space. It's it's looking like they have about eight million,
0: yeah, I guess year. I thought at least when I was at work, I saw the contract, and initially, I didn't take a deep dive into it, but just looking a little bit more at the numbers, I guess five years for fifty mil I mean he's only making ten million dollars a year at that point, and I don't know if there are any contract incentives or anything like that, but maybe that's not as bad as uh Everybody's making it. I mean, everything that I saw initially, the reaction was, "Where the heck are they getting all this cap space?" But I guess it's maybe not as bad as as people realize.
1: Are you kind of? I'm a little puzzled by the number of years. Just with like with Von Miller, I think Bobby Wagner is only 31, but a position like that that is so so tough on your body. I don't know if he he lasts the length of this contract.
0: We shall see. We shall see. Um, so the only reason why I'm going to push us off of this is because there is a gigantic, gigantic game happening Saturday in the world of college basketball. We had to do the NFL stuff first because that stuff was very, well, especially the Bobby Wagner stuff that pretty much just happened. So by the time this uh, gets released, that'll be in the past. So, Let's jump right to what's going to be maybe the game of the year, just in terms, on any level, college, NBA, NFL. We'll see. Could be. It certainly has the history of being the biggest game of 2022, and that is the Duke-North Carolina game, which I, uh, I work on Saturdays, and I haven't been working super late, but I know for a fact I'm going to be working as fast as I possibly can to get home. On Saturday, I already told Bree I was like, "We're we're not doing anything Saturday. I'm we're watching this game." So, I have an article here from the Washington Post that has a bunch of numbers on the Duke North Carolina rivalry, and some of them are really really fascinating. So, let me just read everything that I read from at least right now is all coming from the Washington Post. So, I have to put that out there, just you know for. You know, don't want anybody banging down our doors saying these are our stats and we stole them from the Washington Post. So <clears throat> Duke and North Carolina have met 257 times. And uh, it's in, in just one of the, you know, college basketball's greatest, greatest rivalries. So right here, it says North Carolina leads the series 142 to 115. The Tar Heels won both the first game. Um, I'm, I'm just I'm quoting. It's an interesting sentence, but it says the Tar Heels won both the first game between the rivals in 1920, a 36 to 25 victory when Duke was still known as Trinity College, and they also won the latest contest, in a convincing 94 to 81 victory um, at Cameron Inmore Stadium, which was Chusevsky's last home game. So, neither team has played any opponent more often than each other. So, with that being said, I already said that North Carolina has 142 wins against the other, as opposed to Duke's 115. In terms of the Mike Shashevsky era, Duke is actually 50 and 49 against North Carolina. So, the Tar Heels have won more. I mean, the Tar Heels have more Final Four appearances than Duke, which is they actually have a record of twenty-one, and Duke has seventeen. But actually, Duke has slightly more ACC tournament titles. They have twenty-one, and North Carolina has eighteen, and together they have thirty-nine of the sixty-eight ACC tournament titles. And then the last number that I have for you right here. And this one is probably my favorite. This says a third of all games between the two programs have been decided by five points or less. More than half have ended with a final margin of less or of 10 or less. The overall average scoring margin between the two schools is just 1.1 points in North Carolina's favor so it says 14 of their games have required overtime duke has a 10 and 4 record in those games so i mean we're talking about a rivalry that goes back a hundred years duke in north carolina this game means everything to these programs the former players the fans everything and i've heard a lot of different narratives about this game on ESPN so I just want to ask you a couple questions about some of the some of my favorite ones that I heard from ESPN this week so one of the questions was for Duke and North Carolina let's say obviously one of them is going to the national championship game is this final four game bigger than that national championship game what do you think
1: yeah, I think it is in in scope with all of the different uh, storylines heading in with coach K obviously and the last meeting that they had. I think this game is going to maybe eclipse and overshadow the national championship game a little bit.
0: I I agree and um so since I'm asking the question, so you were a part of a very very successful a volleyball team at Roseville, and I—I often. I don't know how know, this I, I is going to be
1: uh, compared at all.
0: No, don't, don't. That's don't worry, I got you. <laughs> I got you. So, um, Sam and I, for those of you that don't know—I mean, if you watch the show, you know—but we went to the same high school together, and Sam was a part of the uh, boys' volleyball program, and they were by far the best team at Roseville for our four years that we were at Roseville. They had the most success. They were so much fun to watch so who was your who was your biggest rival that you played against was it bellerman
1: no no um it probably would have been whitney we played them the most uh because we played them twice a year in the regular season the championships always came down to to us two sections we played them two out of the three years Mm-hmm. in the section finals, so I think it'd be them. If anyone knows the, Sacramento, the greater Sacramento area pretty well, then Whitney High School, I guess, was, was our rival for, for volleyball for sure.
0: Okay, so you guys ended up winning state um, for for volleyball. Nor, NorCal. Nor-cow. Oh, you won yeah. NorCal. sorry. Because there um, wasn't a
1: state for boys volleyball. I still don't think there's a, a state for men's volleyball for Cow- high school.
0: Really? That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Either way, we're talking about a program, I mean, two programs in Duke and North Carolina that have this huge rivalry that have been very successful. So us, from the outside looking in, can say, yes, this game is probably going to be bigger than the national championship game. But as somebody who was in a very competitive league against, and not this, Whitney was a good team. I, we need to make that clear. They were a good team as well did would a game against them would beating them in a playoff scenario like this let's say let's say there was an identical format and you guys both fell on the same bracket and you were playing against Whitney and if you win you go to the championship game from a player's perspective going into the game do you think that the game against Whitney beating them would be more meaningful than anything else
1: Well, I can actually, I can, I think, look at it like this. So for our last year, we beat Whitney in the section finals, which was huge in itself. It's definitely a different format because you're winning a champ, You're like winning a title and then continuing on in playoffs for high school sports, but you're still advancing, right? With this win. So technically once you get higher, it should be more and more of an importance. So we beat Whitney high school, which is, by far our biggest rival, yada, 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 at their uh, place as well. And that win was so much greater than winning the next round against um, De La Salle, just a team that we have no history with. But theoretically, that win should, the win against De La Salle should be of more importance because it's you're advancing farther and farther in the tournament. You know, that's the way I would think about it if I was a player of Duke or UNC. It's like, this, this game is what they're really going to truly remember. I think this is the game that's going to be talked about if they're looking back and reminiscing. If either of these two teams go on to win this championship, I think this is the game that's like, man, this, this is the one that we look at. This is the one that we're sharing memories from. This is the one that comes up immediately.
0: Yeah, I the only thing, the only thing that I can think of in high school that was relatively similar that I was a part of was uh, Roosevelt versus Wood Creek when it came to the basketball uh, games. But my sophomore year, when I was up on varsity, was the only time that I was really a part of that rivalry because it wasn't the same freshman year. Even just being on JV uh, as a freshman, it wasn't nearly the same. But when we played Wood Creek, my sophomore year, they were way better than us like they had Brian. they had two college players on their team, one is playing professional basketball in Europe right now um, they were way better than us so I, what I don't think anybody I mean we went into that game going, we're gonna give it like we're gonna go in to win, but at the end of the day they just they had. They were just too good. They were too good. Actually, no, they had three college players on that team. I'm sorry. They have three Mm -hmm. college players on that team. So we were just overmatched. I mean, we gave it our best swing, but we were overmatched. And then our other rival would have been Oakland, and we were always better than Oakland in basketball and football. So I started thinking about, as a fan, like what could I comp it to? And actually, just recently with the Raiders, I would say that going into the game against the Chargers and then playing the Bengals, Even if the Raiders had beat the Bengals, the win against the Chargers to knock them out of the playoffs and to get the Raiders in, that was the playoff in. Like, that game meant more that, yes, beating the Bengals would have been great. But to watch Carr with five seconds left, they zoom in on his face and he's got that smug grin because he knows he's going to call timeout right at the two-second mark, and because Carlson's going to walk in and send him to the playoffs. Like, that felt so much better knowing that that was against the Chargers than just whether it had been against, you know, Pittsburgh. So I totally agree with the narrative that this game is going to mean more to everybody than the national championship. Not to say that the national championship game won't be important, but there is something to be said about playing against your rival, and in this case, a 100-year-old rival. So I agree. I think this game is going to be built up to be this monumental, just, I don't even know what to call it. There are there are very few adjectives that could probably describe this game uh, in its totality.
1: It, for Coach K's perspective, do you think this, it almost – Caps off his career if he's able to get this win against UNC? And even if they, Duke doesn't win the national championship, if he gets this win against UNC, do you think that really is the send-off?
0: So, you know, we've been doing this uh, for a couple of years together now. We just work well together. That was my next narrative question that I was going to ask you because one of the points that Greeny took was that he was saying that this was the worst possible scenario for Shashevsky, under oh. any circumstance. So his thought process, and hear me out, and I want to talk about yeah. this, is that Duke making it to the Final Four in Coach K's final season is just magical in and of itself. Getting to the Final Four yeah. is a fantastic accomplishment, especially, and it means just so much more because it's his last Season, So, he was making the argument that if it had gone a different way and they were playing Kansas or they were playing Villanova, and it was like, okay, they get knocked out in the Final Four, it's still kind of a happy ending because they made it to the Final Four in his final season. Right. And his argument was that because they're playing North Carolina, if they lose, it ruins everything, <laughs> like completely ruins to, – to lose – This game, and the only time that they've ever met in the playoffs or in the NCAA tournament, to lose that game to North Carolina in his final season, he was like, he can't retire. He's got to come back. (laughs) And I hear the argument. I hear the argument for that. It would be a horrific loss if they lose this game in his final season. But that would be the last one. But man, there's then then there's the other side that if they win, oh man, that is I that would have to be his best win in his career. He's won like five national championships. I that's gotta be at the top of the list, right?
1: Yeah, I I so there's two things for me there. Um like you said with the with this team making it to the final four, Duke has flamed out in NCAA tournaments, that's like their reputation. Yeah, Coach K has those major wins with uh, – it's got to be something like five national championships. But in the last couple decades, there are some huge disappointments and flameouts. Just looking back to the uh, R.J. Barrett, Zion, Cam Reddish team, that's insane with three top ten draft picks, and they ended up getting knocked out before the Final Four. Uh, this is a huge accomplishment for him and but with that with the level of I'm assuming competitor that coach K is he can't be this successful without being ultra ultra competitive I gotta think he wanted this to happen to get an opportunity to play UNC you don't you don't win anything without taking risks and this is a huge risk to the end and the legacy of his last season but if it works out it is so awesome and it's
0: legendary win. the
1: amount of elation that comes with this win is you can't really it's uncharted i think it's greater than if they weren't to play unc and he wins a national championship i think this kind of this might even be a little more poetic of a way if they're able to get this done
0: so i i want to i want to take the i want to talk about the player side of this for a second because you and I both played sports for a very very long time. Uh, we both played in some very high pressure games. You you had the biggest out of uh, the two of us, um, but we both played in very significant and meaningful games for one reason or another. And <clears throat> I was thinking about this today when I was at work because I knew we were going to be talking about this, and. There's always when you go into a game because one of the, I should back this up and I should preface this with one of the things that one of the discussions on ESPN was how much pressure there's going to be on the Duke players to get this win for Coach Dude, K. I literally have that <clears throat> written down. Yeah, so that was that was one of their that was one of their talking points, and I, 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 I really do think that is something um, that is. That's an interesting side of this because the more that I started to think about it, I realized kind of when you go into a game, or at least let me speak for myself on this. When I went into a game, there's always, yes, pressure to win, right? There is always, you know, whether it's outside or internal, you're, you're always thinking about winning. You're never thinking about losing. You're always, always, always thinking about winning. So, yes, there's pressure to win. And I think this would be different if – well, actually, I know this would be different if this wasn't Coach K's last season. But because it is, now now, what you've got to be thinking about as a player is, yes, there is pressure, an enormous amount of pressure with this game, also because they're favored. They're the fra- they're the favorite in this game. But now with it being Krzyzewski's last year, you don't want to lose it for him. So there's pressure on both sides. When I guess normally, yes, there's always pressure to lose, but you're not necessarily thinking about that as a player. You're thinking about the pressure to win. But you cannot ignore the fact that if you lose this game, you're the team that lost Krzyzewski's last game. Oh, by the way, and it was against North Carolina. So there is pressure on both sides, which is unique to a sporting event because I think as an athlete, you go into it just thinking about the pressure to win, not the inherent pressure to not lose,
1: yeah, especially for in this one and done era, if you think about it, I mean yeah. these players aren't thinking about staying for four years at Duke and really making that legacy. This is their one to two year range where they're they're using Duke as sort of that stepping stone to get into the nBA, but now it's like this is greater than them, this is greater than this team, this is Much bigger than them the legacy that coach k has which he is i think established as the greatest one of the greatest college coaches in history right for uh, basketball yeah he'd
0: be on a Mount Rushmore of like yeah him
1: Wooten John Wooten and like a, a bunch of dudes right but he's great and they weren't even born for some of those seasons yeah. but all of that greatness is heaped on to this one moment it's that expectation. Is it fair to the players? Probably not. What I think is going for them is that loss that they took at Cameron Hayward Stadium. Really? Uh, Cameron Indoor. Because I think that actually allows them to not put this as we need to win. It's almost like, oh, we, we're getting revenge for that game because yeah. we were embarrassed in that game. And I think they learned a lot from that game because. They, I think it was, it was kind of obvious that they kind of succumbed to the pressure. That was a huge moment. That game was being talked about more than any game similar to this, and it was like, you guys have to win this game. Now it's, oh, we need to go out and beat UNC. Not, they weren't – they're no longer – the focus isn't we can't lose. Now it's we need to beat UNC. That's where the focus shifts, and I think that really helps for Duke's favor.
0: That's, that's, how I, that's how I, how I would that.
1: spin it as a player.
0: Yeah, the revenge game. And you could spin it in favor of like <clears> – because <throat> you, you can't take out the Coach K thing. So it's there. you could you could – as players, you could spin it in like, hey, we're the team who lost Coach K's last home game at our stadium. We're sure as hell not going to be the team that loses to North Carolina in the NCAA tournament with his final season. Ain't no way we're going to be the team that does both of those things. Right. Um, and you know Coach K is not saying that. He's not no. looking at his players and going, yeah, I mean my reputation is established. You need to go win this for me. He ain't saying <laughs> that. But that discussion is for sure happening in the locker. There's no way it's not. There's no way.
1: You know what's happening? It's with the former players. Oh, they yeah. could be heaping that that pressure in the media and all the alumni that came from duke it's like coach k is trying to release as much pressure he's probably going through hey guys we're we've had a great year we know we can beat this team we've i think they beat them earlier in the year anyway we got this like we know we've been playing well this ncaa tournament but with all that community and all that storied history like the hundreds of great players that have come through that program and been coached by coach K that have won championships, won players of the year, been drafted really high. All of those guys are gotta be sitting there like, you can't mess this up. You can't mess this up for that guy.
0: They're going to be at the game.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure. Yeah. A bunch of them.
0: Um. Like I just I know I was I was listening to ESPN today. I mean they're they're all coming, they're all coming. <laughs> um. So, yeah, this game is, it's on another level in terms of importance. And if you're a sporting, sporting, if you're a sports fan, this is everything you could ever want in a game. Regardless of whether or not you're interested in both, si- in regardless of whether or not you're interested in either side like if you enjoy sports at all this is going to be a game where you are going i mean you think nba games are exciting and players are playing hard the the amount of effort that is going to be put forth on saturday night by those players is going to be something that i mean it happens you play 100 percent all the time but there is going to be something else inside of these guys that gives them extra for this game i mean every loose ball there's gonna be like everybody in the stadium is gonna die for that ball it's gonna be so entertaining regardless of if you're a sports fan or not this game is going to be like must see tv like i, I don't want to like oversell it but i don't think i can't oversell it
1: <laughs> yeah i just hope this game isn't a blowout either way yes that's I the one thing that
0: could spoil it
1: um and I think it will be tight. These teams, these two teams have played each other. I mean, they're both good teams, both playing Super Bowl. Yeah. That's pretty obvious. They're both in the final four. Like this this game should not be a blowout.
0: Oh, yeah. So another thing, too, is Greeny had read out, he made one of his analysts look up uh seat prices. So I think they said the cheapest seat was like somewhere around $380 or something, but they said the most expensive seat, courtside, which obviously, but they said it was about $32,000, right? Ooh. So in my head. The
1: year of tuition on one so game. My,
0: so in my head, I'm sitting there and the thought the thought came across my mind. I was like, is there any sporting event at all that I would pay $32,000 for? And my whopping conclusion was no after three seconds of, of like with your
1: that, current income.
0: Well, just in my head, I was like, if the Raiders were playing a Super Bowl in my backyard and I had to pay that much money, I, I would leave my house.
1: If I could roll I out watch. of bed and be courtside at the Raiders Super Bowl game.
0: For 32 thousand dollars, I still wouldn't do I'd leave my house I'm, I'm watching it elsewhere on a TV screen. There is not a chance in the world I'm spending 32,000 dollars on a sporting event. There's no way.
1: They build, a, uh, they build a stadium right next to the dump in Roseville, just right butt yes. up right next to your backyard. All you got to do yeah. is hop the fence and you're in.
0: Yeah. I still wouldn't do it. I still wouldn't do it. I I don't know what that number would be. Like genuinely. I mean, if I, I mean, God bless you. If you have disposable income of $32,000, you're doing something that not a lot of people can. But I'm trying to think of the number. Cause for me, like the Raiders, like that team more than any other team has my heart. So I'm trying to think of if, if they were in the super bowl like what price point would i go I, that's not worth it mm-hmm. and i don't mean it depend one it would depend on how much money i have at the yeah, time but like i'm time. thinking like like five thousand dollars would be the most i would i think put down i think anything above that would be would just be too much
1: yeah i was thinking if uh that range of once you get into double digits and the in the thousands of dollars yeah. for a single event, we're talking max five hours that you're going to be sitting yeah. there, right? And then that money is gone. That's going to be sitting in my cart for a little bit. I'm not pressing that no. complete checkout for a while.
0: I'm That's going to my be brokerage here. guy. I'm like, hey, what are the stocks looking like? Hey, as soon as it jumps, pull out, oh. pull out that money.
1: Because you got to think about. <laughs> The opportunity cost for that—we're going to get a little economic here—but the opportunity cost that you could put ten thousand dollars, so the thirty-two thousand dollars that that person spent on that courtside tickets, how much money they could have made investing it somewhere else oh, instead yeah, exactly. of
0: just—and then it's gone. Gone into the maybe.
1: Maybe it went towards they're taking a customer or something out to the game, and that led to a big time partnership and a big time deal. Hopefully, that's the case in a for a monetary sense but if it is just a one-time thing that you're going to this game for thirty-two thousand two thousand dollars which i'm talking out of both sides of my mouth because i totally want to do that not spend that much money but go and sit courtside at one of these huge games oh yeah which i i personally would want to 100 percent sit courtside than sit in the first row of a football game I yes, think you're just – it's a way better – I feel like it's I a way better experience. I agree. I might want to sit in a 100%. box
0: of a football game, yeah. which would
1: be pretty sick. But I think sitting courtside at a basketball game of any kind would be way better.
0: Yes. yeah, I agree. Well, we've almost sat courtside at one of the Kings games. I mean, we were mm-hmm. only a few rows back.
1: Yeah, uh, it was like five rows back. I mean, that's a Kings game, though.
0: I know, but I guess just in perspective – um yeah, no, I agree. Just know when you're watching the game, everybody's sitting courtside. Either they no longer have a house, or,
1: or they know someone,
0: or they have some disposable income. Because man, thirty-two thousand dollars—that is a lot of money. I just—I was filing my taxes the other day. I don't even think I made thirty thousand dollars <laughs> last year. You <laughs> to save
1: up a couple years.
0: Yeah, I mean. I mean, I'm not I'm not at my career job yet. So it's like one of those things. And then, you know, college student paying for everything. So it's like I don't even think I made that much
1: money last year. And you know, um the person that spent that thirty two thousand, they're probably not in a relationship anymore. Could you yeah. imagine rationalizing that to your significant <laughs> other? Yeah, I know I know we got a baby on the way. But I gotta go to this game. I, <laughs> I have gotta to see go. The <laughs>
0: North Carolina <game>. I mean <laughs> I mean we'll we'll make ends meet. Um what's what's a college fund? Like what even is that? That's exactly, not a board. Exactly. Like like the kid'll understand. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not now. Um but when he's when he's working to pay for his college tuition that I spent on this game, he'll understand. Oh, he'll
1: appreciate it.
0: <laughs> he'll appreciate everything that I did for him. Him or her. So oh man. Yeah. I just I heard that number and went, never in a million years. <laughs> never in a million years. I would have to be making a million dollars a year to I let me put it this way. And I Greeny has a joke all the time about rich people just saying, like, you know, especially like somebody like LeBron, who was like, if he dropped a thousand dollars on the street, he wouldn't even bother to turn around. <laughs> Same sort of thing with, like, me and these tickets. I would have to have the amount of money that if I dropped $32,000 on the ground, I wouldn't think to pick it up. That would be sort of where I would be if I would shell out that kind of So
1: I mean, that's like, we're talking like buying a Tesla, driving it for one night, and then lighting it on fire the next day.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) You know, like, that's sort of the realm that we're in right now.
0: Like, I don't even think a million one... dollars.
1: If you make a million dollars a year, I still don't think you're in the right space to afford that.
0: Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'll tell you one day when I get there. But okay. <laughs> okay. But oh man. So speaking no,
1: I'll of be, I'll be sitting right next to you, so you won't even have to tell That's me.
0: That's true. That's true. Um speaking of absurdity, IGN released a List that is Pixar's movies worst to best, and they titled it From Toy Story to Turning Red. Pixar has given us 25 movies in just a little over 25 years. Naturally, we decided to rank them going. Yep, all right. So, I like these, I like these talks, I do too. This (laughs) list is terrible. I'm gonna put it out there right now, in my opinion. (laughs) So, I'll just give you. And in groups of five, do you want me to start at the bottom or start at the top?
1: Uh, go bottom and top.
0: Bottom, all right. So, here we go. So, from 25 all the way to 21, we have cars three, hmm. cars two, finding Dory, all the way down at 23, Woo! monsters university. Oh, at what 22, and the good dinosaur at 21. Oh so for me my my so i full disclosure the there are only two and a half movies that i haven't seen on this list um and two of them are actually cars two and cars three i love i've seen seen cars two you have seen cars two i did
1: not tune into cars three
0: okay i believe cars three did way better than cars two in terms of critics and fans um, so I'm surprised that Cars 3 is actually put there but for me my least favorite Pixar movie has always been The Good Dinosaur so I put that <laughs> at the very end so that being above any of the other movies <laughs> so um, what do you do say? you want to
1: do like the full list
0: yeah we can do the full list I've got yeah, the full list
1: like you I think The Good Dinosaur is definitely down there I'm fine with Cars I think Cars 2 should be last Finding oh, yeah. Dory in Monsters U should not be that low.
0: Yeah, so let me move up the list on this one. So this I'll go from twenty to sixteen. So starting at twenty, we have Brave. Mm-hmm. Which that one was interesting to be at twenty. Cars. They have the first Cars all the way down at nineteen, which is Fine with that. insane to me. Um, Onward at eighteen.
1: Oh, I haven't seen that.
0: Turning Red at Still seventeen. Haven't seen that. And Luca at 16. Uh So I just watched Luca for the first time uh, like two nights ago. Yeah. I just recently saw Turning Red. Um, Cars is better than Brave, Onward, Turning Red, and Luca. Oh, you think? Oh, yeah. I 100% agree. I love the first Cars. Um, At least, this is my. We were
1: kids when Cars came out.
0: I still think Cars is great. I really do. I enjoy Cars. I think it's uh, at least in uh, a top fifteen for big star movies.
1: It's just different because I think Cars yeah. is a definitely lighter tone than Brave for sure. Um, yeah. Onward, I think. I, like I said, I haven't seen it, but I think it's a little um, deeper
0: Onward's material all right. that they're
1: playing with. Onward's all right. Still haven't seen Turning Red, and then Luca. Um, it's all right. <laughs>
0: It's okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so here's now we're getting to the meat of the list. We're gonna to the top fifteen. Now I recently just watched this movie and ain't no way I would have put it at fifteen. But then I started reading the the movies above it and went, Oh okay, maybe <laughs> so from fifteen to eleven we have soul at fifteen. That was low on the list, and I thought that was a Whoa. bit surprising. The next one that I thought was a little low on the list was The Second Incredibles. I thought that was a little low. I think that movie gets too much hate. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 13 is A Bug's Life.
1: Oh, that's too high.
0: I think A Bug's Life is too high as well. I loved the movie as a kid, but I don't think it holds up as well. That's
1: nostalgia right there. They're not thinking that actual quality. There's no way that Bug's Life is better than soul.
0: I agree. I agree. And then number 12 is Toy Story 4, which I was fine with being being around there. This is where the list lost all credibility for me. Because to leave Ratatouille Ratatouille outside of the top 10 doesn't make any sense to me. (laughs) They put it at 11.
1: Is this like a group that makes this list, or is it one dude? Because if it's one dude, then I can give him the benefit of the doubt.
0: (laughs) It just it it says we. It doesn't say, it doesn't say um, like a specific person. It literally says we in the caption.
1: Maybe they're like an older demographic, and they were Maybe. a little older when Ratatouille came out. But still, then, I think Soul would kind of relate to. I think that's an older demographic demographic movie because it's about like mortality.
0: So what what do we think about the fifteen through eleven? I again my. My opinion is like Ratatouille being outside the top ten is just bad.
1: Mm-hmm. That's yeah, bad. we said we talked about Bugs Life. Um, I think Soul should be moved up. And I think Ratatouille could be moved up. Um, I think Toy Story Four is fine there. Yeah, Incredibles Two, I think is fine there.
0: I I would have put it a little bit higher. I think. I mean, I would have probably put it at around twelve or uh, twelve or thirteen. Um. <clears throat> all right. So top ten. We'll start with ten and move up to six. So Bree did not agree with this one. Um, Toy Story two is at ten. Okay. Toy Story two is at ten. Up is nine. Eight is Finding Nemo. Ooh, yeah.
1: This is seven.
0: Sad. Seven is Monsters Inc. That one cut me deep. <laughs> and then six is Coco. Oh, okay.
1: I, I mean, I liked Coco, but I don't know if it's it's a heavy hitter like that.
0: I agree. So I don't know my, if it's like that. My mom and sister love Coco. Brie loves Coco, and I admit it was a cool movie, and it and it was a beautiful movie. Mm-hmm. But in no universe am I going to put it ahead of Finding Nemo or Monsters Inc. or even Toy Story 2.
1: I put it above Toy Story 2.
0: So that's Bree's favorite.
1: That's Bree's not, favorite?
0: Yeah, not my favorite, but that was Bree's favorite.
1: Okay. Mine's three, for sure. I,
0: thank you. Thank you. I agree. Three is the best. Um, okay, so yeah, but oh. Monsters, Inc., and being ahead of Monsters, Inc., and Finding Nemo, and Up, for that matter, Mm-hmm. Yeah, not cool. <clears throat> All right, so top five.
1: This better be good.
0: Inside Out is five.
1: It's not good. It's already it's not on.
0: good. I agree. <laughs> Everybody loved Inside Out when it came out. I remember the hype around that movie being like the greatest thing ever. It's not. Number four is Toy Story. The OG. The OG. And then they have the top three. At three, they have Wally. Oh... Oh, no, so you're not a Wally fan.
1: No, I wouldn't put it that high.
0: <clears throat> number two, they have Toy Story three, and then at the number one they have The Incredibles. Ooh, yeah, so, I can see it. For me, I actually I think they got one and two correct. Um, yeah,
1: in I in think, any order.
0: Yeah, I think I think yeah, I think for me those are interchangeable. I those two to me are definitely their best movies. In my opinion. Uh, inside out, being in the top five, no. No, can't have it. <laughs> Cannot have it.
1: Oh, you'd move it down?
0: I'd move inside out, outside of the top five, for sure. Wow.
1: I'd, I'd leave it. Really? Yeah.
0: But I thought you said, as soon as I said inside out, you said the list isn't good. Because I
1: thought it'd be higher.
0: Oh. Yeah. Oh. Really? So you liked it that much?
1: So, initial, I'd move Wally out for sure. There's no way that's the third best Pixar movie. I
0: really like Wally.
1: There is no way. They must have not watched the third act of that movie. The
0: third act of that movie? When the,
1: when the humans get in. Uh, I'd move Coco down the list a little bit. I'd move Soul and Ratatouille up.
0: So what would be your five? What would be your top five? I just read Ooh. you the whole list.
1: Um, I mean, initial thoughts. I think Finding Nemo, Monsters Inc. just got to be in there somewhere. They got to be in there.
0: I know, right?
1: <laughs> so I think I'd I think, go. Go ahead. Uh, I'd move Inside Out and Wally out of the top five, and I put Finding Nemo and. Monsters Inc. In and then I think right at Tui's I think Ratatouille jumps up to six for me. I think it's just outside because I love that movie.
0: Yeah, I so I so read me read me your five to one.
1: I didn't, I didn't put them in order.
0: Oh, okay. This is what, so what is in your five in totality?
1: Uh, Finding Nemo, mm-hmm. Monsters Inc. Mm-hmm. Toy Story, Toy Story three, and The Incredibles.
0: Okay, I so I was yeah, so I think for me, The Incredibles and Toy Story three would be like one and two. I think Toy Story definitely belongs in there. I I pushed that out.
1: That was the first.
0: Yeah, I think Monsters Inc. definitely belongs in there. Okay, so we pulled in our lovely girlfriends because we have settled. Sam and I have settled on our list it was actually identical uh, as we just read so they were out of the room when we read them so Sam if you could just give them what we would put in our top five not in any particular order per se but the ones that we would say have to be in the top five
1: yeah they have to be in and if <laughs> aren't in are wrong The Incredibles Toy Story 3, Toy Story Monsters Incredible and Finding Monsters the in- Incredible
0: so, man, sorry. so I'm I'm gonna give you I I'm gonna tell you right it. now the five movies Sam that we have on our list zero are in Breeze.
1: <laughs> uh we got two are in Jenna's <laughs> list.
0: So Jenna's list is only 40% correct while Breeze is zero percent correct. We what
2: are Breeze?
0: Okay, so <laughs> Jenna, you go first, since you took the long Yes.
2: <laughs> Have a breakup first. <laughs> you go
0: first.
1: <laughs> you narrowed it down, right? You got it. This is a safe
2: space. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Jason? <laughs> um, what does that Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I chose Ratatouille, Inside Out, Finding Nemo, Monsters, Inc., and Up
0: okay so you and Bree have a few similarities
2: so maybe your lists are um
0: no our sam and i were identical we we nailed it
2: okay
0: (laughs) all right so go with yours
2: uh mine were up ratatouille wally coco and toy story 2 wait what was the middle one
0: wally coco wally wally (laughs) (laughs) so so they both they both said the same thing Sam is also not a huge fan of wally either
2: you guys deserve each other we're
0: we're pro wally okay
2: how is ratatouille not in your guys list yeah that's what i never okay
0: sam if i'm being truthful if i'm making the list ratatouille for me is probably like six seven or eight somewhere in there it's like right outside
1: Yeah, that's why. That's why I said I thought it would be six. It's just hard. They're all great movies.
2: Yeah, they're all
0: great. It's. I cry
2: every time. He cried during Up. How do you say? These are in order. These
0: are in order. Yeah. Okay, so she put Up as her number one movie. Number one.
2: Ratatouille or Up would be my. Those would be one and two for me too. Ratatouille and then and then Inside Out.
0: So what is it about Coco? Because Sam and I wouldn't, I don't even, would you put it in your 10? I wouldn't put it in my top (laughs) 10. Yeah, it'd probably be
1: like 11 to 13 range.
0: So yeah, so you love Coco. My family loves Coco. What the heck is it about Coco?
2: (laughs) It's just a really cute, feel-good movie. It's also, I think it was a leader in diversity for some of Disney's movies. Um, So it was just cool to see like something different and a different culture and just
0: Miguel
1: is so cute, Miguel? <laughs> so we're just racist is what we're talking about here.
0: yeah <laughs> <what> he <laughs> he he <laughs> I don't I, I don't know i I thought Encanto and I know it's not Pixar, but I guess in terms of those movies felt similar to me, similar enough, um, I thought mm. Encanto was way better.
1: I think Coco's
2: better. I think Coco's better than Encanto. Mm-hmm. Of the ones that we think, watched recently, Encanto is my favorite, though. Mm. I think Coco's a better movie, but Encanto has better music.
1: Really? I think, but I think Soul is better than both of them.
2: Soul I really agree. agree. What? Soul was really good. I just liked Encanto better than Soul. Mm. I like Soul. Really. Soul was better than Luca. I almost want to say Soul was better than Raya. 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 Yeah. yeah. I don't even
1: know oh, what yeah. that is. It's a Disney movie.
0: Oh. Yeah, Soul was great. I I thoroughly enjoyed Soul. I went into because we hadn't watched like the five most recent movies and I went into it hoping that Raya was gonna be the best and it was like one of the worst mm-hmm. out of five.
2: You know, I would even compare Soul to Inside Out. It just had a very similar yes. um, vibe to me.
0: Yeah. But I like Soul way more than Inside Out. I don't know about you guys, but
1: Yeah, I don't I think I think of Soul as more I think again, I think it's catered more towards like older and older demographic mm-hmm. than Inside Out is. Inside Out definitely is too, because it's got some way deeper um themes going on, but there's also um I think just because the main character is, well, the main subject is sort of that kid to teen range, that it's like, you can pretty relate to that if you're younger than we were when it came out.
2: Mm. I just liked Inside Out. I think it's mostly because of like the field I'm going to. Like, I want to go into like self-regulation and sensory regulation, and that goes with emotions. And that's such a good way to teach kids how to start to label their emotions and like coping skills so that's
0: why I like Inside She made it a lot. She is made okay. our show sound a lot smarter than it actually did.
2: <laughs> No, <laughs> I was going to say so, the Inside Out just has a very much coming of age feel to it, and yeah. like every adult, every adult can relate to the coming of age thing, which is why I think it's a great movie. And I think you are out of your mind.
1: So then, why is why is Ratatouille Ratatouille so high up?
2: Oh my god! The humor, what is, what the plot line, the drama. The The, drama,
1: the mystery, (laughs) the chef, the evil (laughs) chef, the
2: the love story, yes, the family, the unity that I need to be on my own again, also a coming of age story, Mm -hmm. just with rats. How to deal with critics, literally.
0: How are you going to deal with me being critical of your crappy list because <laughs> you're leaving out the five best Pixar movies?
2: Ouch.
0: Man, yeah. It's just terrible. Do you even like Jenna? I was talking to you. <laughs> 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 you want to be my boyfriend? I'll kick you out. I'll find a new movie. I mean, look, I
2: I'm much, I'm much more Noah.
0: comfortable insulting your list than Jenna's. I, Jenna is, yeah, I can't, I can't. I, she's scary. I,
2: I have to. Be, I
0: have to be nice to her. I don't have to be nice to you. <laughs> okay,
2: I'll be scary later.
0: Watch out! Watch out for you.
1: <laughs> Just wait till Jason tells you spending thirty two thousand dollars on basketball tickets.
0: Oh yeah. So we were. So I had mentioned. I had mentioned to him that the most expensive price ticket for the uh, game happening uh, on Saturday, the basketball game, is thirty two thousand dollars. And I was saying if the basketball game was being played in my backyard, I still wouldn't purchase a ticket to go to that game. I wouldn't I would leave. Well, I mean, Jenna, like I, I had set the price point at the most that I would want to spend or the thing that I think I could get myself to spend on a ticket to a game would be like five thousand dollars. Anything above that, there ain't there ain't <laughs> no way. There ain't no way.
2: What if you won the lottery?
0: Well, if I win the lottery, then I'll just buy wherever they're playing.
2: <laughs> <I didn't see laughs> I'll buy the that. stadium.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. What did you
0: say? Um, I, I, wanted to get, I wanted to get into, like, if we're talking about the semi absurd prices for sporting events, I was thinking, like, a Raiders Super Bowl game would be the only thing uh, that would get me to maybe shell out that kind of money.
2: That would make sense. I'm talking maybe. See, I don't have to worry about that because the Bears are never going to
0: All right. Well, thank you all so much for listening to episode 126. We really do appreciate it. We hope you all have a wonderful week. Enjoy the basketball game and be ready for our guests next week. We're going to try to bring Ben on the show and talk about Augusta National coming up next week. So we hope you all have a wonderful weekend. Stay safe and we will see you all next episode.